Hey, everybody, and welcome back to a special edition episode of the Skullcast. Breaking news this morning came that Berserk will resume a surprise announcement. Hakusensha has announced that Berserk will start again in Young Animal Magazine. The next episode, 365, is due out June 24th in just three weeks. The series is going to be handled by Studio Gaga, which Mira had created and is composed of his former assistants, with his best friend Koji Mori supervising it. Mori said he'll be basing all the writing on the many conversations that he's had with Mira over the years about the full scope of the story. This announcement also said that Minura had spoken with his staff and editors about the story that remains, and he also had some notes and sketches for some future developments. So today we're here to discuss like what that means for fans and uh, our thoughts moving forward on this surprise uh, development that happened, you know, just on the other side, or I guess about a month after now, uh, the one-year anniversary of Mira's passing. So it's still mm-hmm. very fresh. All that is still very fresh. There's also the fact they announced that uh, six episodes would be published uh, to finish the Elf Island chapter. Uh, they'd be published starting with, uh, you know, like I said, the magazine uh, coming out June 24th. So we know that they will finish the, the chapter there, which we expected. And I think uh, all listeners that heard it on the podcast, we were yep. close to the end of the chapter. What's interesting is they say a new arc will begin after that. So the Falconia uh, Fantasia arc would have been just one chapter and just the Fallen chapter, which is yeah. unusual. I think it also shows their intent to move on. Maybe it's uh, for them a way to delineate what they're doing with what was done before. I'm not, I'm not quite sure. Still a mm-hmm. lot of uncertainty uh, going on. Yeah, sorry I didn't mention that. Uh, it's all very new to me. I, I woke up to this news uh, this morning, I guess three hours ago. So it's all very, it's all been moving fast, guys. So what this means for us, you know, is this a good thing? Is it a bad thing? I know a lot of fans right now are probably in the same place of weighing the pros and cons. What about you, Azil? You've got a little bit more time to chew on this than I have. Yeah, well, to me, it is necessarily a good thing because I would have taken anything to have more of what he wanted, uh, where he wanted the story to go. You know, even notes scribbled on a paper towel, I would have taken it. So while this won't be perfect and why it will necessarily deviate from what he would have done, it's still better than nothing. We are getting the outline of what he wanted to do, uh, of what, where the story was supposed to go. Based on that, we'll be able, with our imaginations and speculations and discussions, to piece the rest of it together. While I'm a bit worried about the form it will take, globally, I think this is a net good. I can't see a way in which it would be bad. Like you could say, maybe it would have been better as an illustrated book. Uh, versus a manga like they're doing. But in any case, it's good that we are getting this because we're getting the outline of the story as Mira would have wanted it to be. There was never a guarantee we would have gotten anything. And, and in fact, I feel like I've spent, and many fans have spent like a year getting accustomed to the idea of Berserk being over. And for me, at least, there was like a comfortable finality to that, to knowing that, well, it's bookended here with Griffith's Tears at the end of this episode. But now they're opening a new door and, you know, I'm a little apprehensive about that because it invites new possibilities and new variables. But if it all ultimately conveys the vision that Miura had, I think 
all fans will be able to squint and kind of enjoy the bad and the good, I suppose. How I feel about it is is hopeful, despite all my my logical brain wants to slow down and analyze all the possibilities of this being is going bad because it's through the lens of somebody else. But at the same time, I feel like inexplicably happy today, energetic and optimistic more than I thought I would. So it's like my my muscle memory of knowing that I'm getting a new Berserk episode in just three weeks is like energized, even though my brain is kind of like, hmm. How will this ultimately play out? So that's that's kind of how I feel right now. Is it good or bad? I think ultimately it could be great, but my expectations are very tempered. Even upon seeing that little preview panel of Casca and the brand bleeding, my reaction to seeing preview panels normally is like, ooh. I mean, this one, that was more like, huh. You know, so I wasn't quite as, as charged upon seeing it. Maybe that's my logical brain spilling over into my body's reaction. Well, it makes sense to be guarded because, uh, yeah, if you expect too much, you're going to get disappointed. Again, this is not Mirror's Berserk. This is something that's being done based on what he said by people who cared about him and his work in order to provide a, a conclusion to fans. Uh, it's a really valuable framework for us, extraordinarily valuable for on source and, and so on. But yeah, people should, I think, really be careful about what they expect it to be. It's not going to be berserk like it used to be. So it makes sense to me to be a bit uh, wary in a way, even though I'm also very curious to see how it's going to go. <laughs> mm-hmm. One thing is that we have mentioned Koji Mori a number of times on this podcast, and I know people have seen it on the forum as well, but like in the past, he's just been kind of referenced offhandedly as one of Miura's close friends. Uh, but I think it makes sense to spend some time on who this new person is that's in charge of bringing Berserk back to life. So a little history on Koji Mori. Uh, myself, I have never read anything that Koji Mori has done. I have seen his work through several decades ever since I started reading Berserk. Episodically, Young Animal, I would see his manga series in there. I would thumb through them. But I kind of treated it the same way as all the other series in Young Animal, which is to say none of it really jumped out to me as special or worth investigating. You know, if I didn't know that he was a close friend of Miura, it would not have stuck out to me at all. Nothing about it would have stuck out to me at all. So, but I never read it. You know, it never, it's never been available in English as far as I know. It's possible it's fan translated, but to be honest, I never even bothered to look. So I think that kind of says it all, but he had the unique role of being Miura's closest friend for 40 years. So if anybody could do this, I think he's the one, he's the right person to put in charge and the right person to make it feel as authentic as possible. So, Azil, talk a little bit about the series that he's done. I know you haven't read it either, I don't think. But you know a little bit more, I think, about Mira. Or sorry, Koji Mori. Yeah, yeah, sure. Well, he worked on the Holy Land. Uh, that was his debut manga, which was success. It's been adapted twice, once in Korea, once in Japan, uh, as, as dramas, like 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 dramas. It's a, it's a gang stories based on his own life. He followed uh, Mira's advice for that, which is to write about what you know and to put your life into, into manga. It's, uh, it's what many people uh, relayed his uh, motto, or at least his, uh, one, one of the principles of his creation was. So he it's based on his own life as a young delinquent, and it's about people who who do it's basically territorial fighting uh, between gangs. Uh, so yeah, it's uh, eighteen volumes from memory. It was decently su- successful. 
Uh, he followed it up with Suicide Island, which is a story about people who get to an island. Uh, and then there's some kind of uh, intra-Atlantic uh, wars uh, where they have to fight using, how to say, you know, uh, make- makeshift weapons. So some guy... Right. The survival kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. It's very, very like that. And it's also been a success. Uh, Moore is not necessarily a, a great artist, but his scenarios and the way he he makes uh, his stories are good enough that people care, and he's he's uh, enjoyed a, a decent level of success. He's pretty pretty well off, uh, and, and currently he's working off uh, Taiga of Genesis, which is a time travel story. It's about a guy who gets sent back to time. To the Stone Age, I guess, uh, and he, yeah, he's with a tribe of people uh, in the in the taiga, and they have to to survive. Right. And later on, there's also a plot about uh, some Nazi guy who wants to create the Fourth Reich of whatever <laughs> back in time. What? So does okay. So does multiple people time traveling? Yeah, yeah. I think that's that's okay. kind of a late story reveal. But because I also only glimpse through it from time to time, I'm not quite sure. In any case, yeah, yeah. he's enjoyed some decent amount of success. Yeah, but not quite at Miura's level in terms of recognition worldwide, for sure. So that's kind of why I wanted to mention his name is because he's he's now the guy in charge of interpreting Miura's work, um, and I think that's going to be really difficult and I honestly feel bad for the guy because you know as a writer you can't really write at your best unless you're writing from your own soul your own heart uh the words flowing from you your ideas flowing from you uh but now every word he writes he'll have to be considering is this what Miura would do and that's a really uncomfortable place if you're trying to write naturally trying to be something that feels authentic and real I'm not saying you can't do it. I'm just saying it's an extra layer of stress to lay on top of the normal flow of creating something. Well, that's true. And uh, even though he was extremely close to Mura and knew well how Mura thought and worked, still recreating what he did uh, is not going to be easy. So we'll see how it goes. Uh, I'm hopeful that with him as the assistants, who also like the three senior assistants, uh, that worked with Mira for close to 15 years. So they knew his process as well. Plus Shimada, who, who's overlooking things. Uh, the structure for things remains unknown. I, I guess if I had any reservation about what was laid out in the news that broke this morning is the fact that Miura, Mi, Mori, man, that's going to be tough. Mori and Miura. It's going to be like Griffith and Rickert for us with that name slip. Um, Mori had said that he's only going to write the things that he recollects from his memories with Mira. And he wouldn't be t- taking on things that he didn't remember well. I guess my reservation with that is, I don't know how that works in the natural sequence of a story. Though a story flows from moment to moment, it doesn't, it doesn't skip over parts of a conversation that would be too difficult to bring back to life, that kind of thing, you know? So, like, how will that work to make a story flow if he has to only, if he's constrained to only the moments that he remembers well from Europe? Yeah, that's a big unknown. Uh, not clear from what he said, how they'll do it. We know that six episodes will be published to finish the Elf Island chapter, which was almost to its end. So it makes sense they would do that. After that, big unknown. Uh, big unknown. Will they be doing like separate islands of story where you get uh, them arriving on the continent, uh, five episodes of that, then a skip 
Then they are fighting, I don't know, something, Conrad or whatever, Rakshas, Locus, whoever you want, Irvine in the forest. Five episodes of that, then move on. They are in Falconia, running up the stairs, trying to do something. Honestly, no idea. Will it even be, you know, because he also said he wouldn't, uh, I think, uh, add in dialogue that he wasn't sure of or stuff like that. Yeah. It's, it's a bit unclear to me, honestly, how it's going to be manageable, uh, like concretely, to make, like you said, a story in a sequence where you just read volumes because they've decided to, to keep Berserk going with that name, volume 42. No reset, nothing like that. Okay, but how do you keep it going? While, like you said, only doing the things Mira told him about at the same time, not making it seem like a piecemeal, uh, halfway done story. You know, it's going to be a bit tough, I think. So, and especially since there was still, uh, 10 to 15 volumes left to, to the story, uh, according to Mura. Yeah, just to be clear, Arziel's referencing a number that Mura said in his, one of his last interviews for the exhibition that he was between three fifths or so complete with the story. So we're just estimating. 15 volumes or so. Between three-fifths and four-fifths. Right. Thank you. You know, Berserk is not a fragmentary story. In fact, you could say it flows relatively seamlessly. The frame story of the Golden Age aside, I mean, even that flows perfectly well. Yeah. But, you know, it jumps around time a little bit, right? There are, you don't see every single moment. You never see Guts shaving his beard, for example, right? (laughs) They're logically edited to make a story flow in the way stories flow. So it's possible that They'll concentrate on the major moments that are, you know, known, and they will skip over other moments that might have might have happened under Miura's end, but wouldn't happen under this team. That's that's maybe the way I see it. Yeah, yeah, I, I don't really mind that to be honest, because uh, I mean that's what our imagination is for. Uh, sure. What what's the value of this is really in getting the framework, uh, the backbone on which everything else can be, you know, put on and portrait from. So I'm not worried about that. That being said, it's, I hope they won't do it in a way that closes the window on there being more. Uh, I don't know if I'm clear, uh, but basically... I, I want one that does close the window on anything more. <laughs> well, no, what my point is, okay, so they are not going to show uh, Farnese and... Casca's relationship deepening because Mira didn't tell Mori about that specific part. Ah. He won't tell the, uh, he, they won't show Casca becoming a mentor to Shiruke because uh, she's a young girl and Casca she can relate to Casca and blah blah blah. They won't show that or they won't show Isidro and, and Serpico having whatever. Okay, but do they close the window on it? Do they tell the story in a way that means it didn't happen? It couldn't have happened. Yeah, it's kind of like if the object was in moment was in motion, and then the propulsion stops, and it continues along the same trajectory that it was at. Right? Yeah. The question is, you know, is that a natural flow to a story? You know, I don't, I don't necessarily think it is. You, uh, things happen along the way, along the path that you were on. New things, new developments happen, new ideas occur. I think it's in the uh, the guidebook interview that Mira mentions that Isma he, he chose to have her come along almost on a whim. Like, yeah, sure, she's there too. I decided to bring her along yeah. instead of leaving her on the island, that kind of thing. Uh, spur of the moment, you know, and who knows what else happened along the way. Yeah, I mean, again, he, we, we know that he had the broad outline done for years. And, you know, since the eclipse, why not? 
not surprising to me. Uh, even though he's always been very humble and very like, oh, I just do things as I go, blah, blah, blah. But yeah, we know he's been like, some of that stuff has been planned 10 volumes ahead. So it's literally impossible for him not to plan ahead. That being said, the nitty gritty of each episode, the little things, the nuances, all of that comes down to drawing each episode individually. And there's mm-hmm. necessarily changes, last moment changes, things he, like we even saw it with the design of the former God Hand or at least Void's original crew. Right. Where some of their designs change between the, the name and the, the finished episode, the finished manuscript, uh, they, they, they were different. So, that's how it is. Uh, it's, it's also why just basing yourself on something it will worry about that you were thinking, um, is it a good story? Is it a good idea or not? I mean, even if Maurice said, yeah, sure, it's a good idea. Maybe Mira later on thought, no, actually I'll do something else. That's something mm-hmm. you can't know. Maury can't know. Even if he sketched an idea for a character, he might change something in the design at the last moment. And that part might end up being important later on because it relates to something else so all of these little things uh will be lost uh, like tears in rain i guess it I, I hope that it's not murky but it probably will be murky in the sense that there'll be good mixed with bad moments that resonate as authentically from mira you know pocketed in along with moments that probably don't feel like they're perfectly on the mark yeah um i think as long as it is able to convey the vision that mira's had i think we can kind of squint through the bad and see the good. But the question I keep having, and I don't know if we'll ever get an answer to this, is that, you know, what Miura himself would have wanted. You know, I remain convinced that he would have wanted anybody else to continue a series in this way personally. And that's just my extrapolation based on the fact that he was a perfectionist. And he was someone that didn't sign off on an episode's release until everything fit. You know, that's part of part, partly why the series was delayed is because he wanted it to be mm. as good as he could possibly make it before he released it. Um, but if anybody could have answered that question about Mira's wishes, it would have been Koji Mori, who's someone who knew him so well for 40 years. He would know better than I would absolutely what Mira's actual wishes would be in this unplanned circumstance. Uh, and so him agreeing, signing on to do this special continuation, I guess, is the indirect answer to that lingering question. Hmm. Yeah, I think Mira would have been devastated not to finish Berserk, honestly. Uh, obviously, he did not expect he would die suddenly from a rare and unforeseen medical condition. So he fully expected he would finish a story taking the time he would need for it to be good. So I don't think he ever thought, like, who, who would be the best way to continue it if I wasn't doing it, the one doing it. I don't think he thought like that. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, clearly the one he trusted the most in the world is, uh, Koji Mori. So that answers that. If Mori thought, uh, to me, in a way, Mori, Mori's this decision is almost, I mean, it's also based on his own feelings that he couldn't live with himself, mm-hmm. leaving Mura's work unfinished like that. And he felt like in order to do justice to his friend, he had to do it. So yeah, it's uh, he's a he's a right man for the job. Yeah, and Griffith's not here to speak up for himself, but he was saying this along the same lines: is you know it's the best possible team to do this, and they're saying all the right things. The question is, of course, can they deliver on it and make it feel right? Uh, and that's that's to, it remains to be seen. We'll start to get a sense of that in this next episode, which is due out in just three weeks. 
which is a good enough place to stop this very special breaking news last minute edition of the Skullcast, I suppose. But you'll be hearing more from us pretty soon, if not before the episode lands, then definitely after the new episode lands on the 24th of this month. Bye. Bye.